0: life comes at you fast especially in football. Arsenal had an eight-point lead at the top of the Premier League last month but that's been wiped away and on Wednesday night Manchester City won 3-1 at the Emirates to stamp their authority on this title race. Can the Gunners recover or is their Premier League dream fading? I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. Wednesday night brought us football at a high level. We've got tipsters of a high standard too. Delighted to say that vice-captain Mark O'Hare is on call once again. Mark, City showed great quality in the second half and over the course of the game, they brutally punished Arsenal's mistakes. The Gunners do have a game in hand, but the two teams at the top level on points. How do you see this now?
1: well yeah i mean it's advantage man city um it was so perhaps before the game against the emirates um the the bookmakers had already made city even money favourites to to reclaim their title um or to, to defend their title successfully that's before the game so to to actually go to arsenal and win that match of course arsenal can regain the lead by winning that match in hand but um you know there's still a match to play at the etihad which city will be strong favourites for as they were at the emirates too so yeah, I thought it was a, a strange game actually. You could tell it was vitally important for both teams. I thought there was an edginess about it. For large periods, it was quite scrappy and bitty, but also there was some real sort of glittering football moments too. So, you know, um overall I thought the final score was was pretty harsh on Arsenal, actually. And I think Arteta admitted after the game that his team played pretty well, played to a high standard, couldn't really make too many complaints, but ultimately they they let themselves down in both boxes. And, you know, you can't win football matches if you're giving away goals uh, and failing to take your own chances in the final third as well. So City punished two of their three big mistakes and, and Eddie and Ketia had a couple of good opportunities, which he didn't take. And you know, Arsenal were dealt quite a big blow earlier in the afternoon with Thomas Partey's withdrawal from the squad they've been so consistent in their team selection all season that was an obvious blow both physically and and, and psychologically i would say going into that match but i thought the decision to to swap Ben White out for Tommyasu was surprising, actually, considering the consistency that they have played in terms of team selection. I Thought it was actually a little bit
0: mistake uh, for the first goal, wasn't it, Tomiyasu's?
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it felt a, li- a little bit un- unnecessary from an Arsenal perspective, but I, th- I thought they matched City for for most of the match actually, and I think from a, a City perspective, um, it was good to see some that well, their key players take their opportunities when they came showed a bit of class um i just wonder whether the narrative would have been completely different if this match had ended in a draw um, or even an arsenal win considering pep's own selection and approach to the game with bernardo Silva kind of filling in at left back um, out of possession um now my football brain isn't smart enough to try and process kind of how or, or why he felt that was a good idea up against uh Bakaya saka but um you know, I'm one of his biggest fans. He's he's revolutionised the game and, it, and the way we see it today. Um, he'll go down as one of the, the greatest football minds in in history, really, alongside you know Bielsa and Cruyff and the like. But I guess all, all genius have have a bit of madness about them too. And I just thought, what what are you doing here in that first half? You know. Bernardo Silva came in, made a couple of rash challenges, and I thought here's a real good opportunity now for Arsenal to to turn the screw on them. But um, it wasn't so that they made their own mistakes, and City City made them pay. So um, yeah, it's definitely advantage City now. Um, we said a couple of weeks ago that there's. It's almost uh, impossible for Arsenal to repeat their 50 point total from the first 19 games. They're always gonna falter at some point and drop points. And it's two wins from six Premier League games now, which has obviously seen City kind of arrest things and and take the take the leading role in the title race. But um, you know, that's I'd even say City weren't at their very best for 90 minutes again. Um we've not seen them play consistently well for quite some time. So maybe this is the result which kind of turns their domestic campaign around and really puts their foot front foot forward and then they move on from here. Here. So, yeah, uh, obviously quite a damaging blow for Arsenal, but I don't think it's uh, it's game up just yet.
0: Master of the maths, odds compiler and tips to Mark Stinch comes back in the squad. Stinch, significant win for City, not least because I know you guys don't ascribe too much importance to cup competitions. and I completely understand why, but they have beaten them now twice in quick succession in two different competitions. So psychologically, that makes some kind of statement, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I think for sure, Mark rightly points out as well, Arsenal have got to go again to the Etihad later on the season, and City will be heavy faves for that. Um, you see that City went off uh, around about 1.55 in the FA Cup game, and... Um, I would imagine that might be a little bit shorter with uh, a full-strength City team out. You look at the outrights, Man City now 1.63, Arsenal 2.98. wouldn't be backing either of those just because the volatility we've seen across not just the Premier League but other competitions this season with probably down to a Winter World Cup. I do like opposing Arsenal, though, to win the Europa League. I don't think they should be favourites because I think they'll be fully focused on the league. And the fact that Barcelona and Man United are second and third favourites and one of the two will get knocked out. Those three are taking up around about 50% of the book. So I quite like the fourth favourites, Juventus, odds of 12. It's likely that... They won't make the Champions League via the league because of their points deduction, so I think they will be fully focused on the Europa League and they represent quite a big price in my mind when I think there's vulnerabilities massively for the front three and one of the two will definitely leave us in this round.
0: Yeah, You have to say Juventus, for all of their faults under Max Allegri, they are a good cup team and they've made progress in the Coppa Italia as well. Trader and tipster Emmett O'Keefe has been in good form recently. Emmett, what's the significance for you of that City win or is it just one victory and we shouldn't overestimate it?
3: Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd leaned the latter. Um, I guess the only thing is just we've talked about in the podcast before about the difference Thomas' party makes to Arsenal and the kind of the with and without st- stats are quite stark. And I do think. We kind of saw that last night, and, and like, not that Jorginho played badly, but I feel I felt when when um, Arsenal played played Man United in uh, uh, at, the, uh, at the Emirates a few weeks ago that Arsenal's kind of press was overwhelming, and you know you just couldn't get out, and it, and the kind of goal felt inevitable. Whereas with just with with, with partly not playing, you didn't quite have that same feeling about their press last night. Um, yeah, just on Arsenal, just would be, I think this weekend against Aston Villa against their old boss you know, is quite a big game, just because. It's only three games, but in these the last three games, Arsenal have been beaten on the uh, uh, they're well they're well beaten on the XG by and Fine, you can put it into one game, but at home to Brentford, like the the VAR controversy obscured the fact again. Brentford had the better chances in that game, and Arsenal were kind of, were, Arsenal were outplayed. So it's kind of yeah, I, I just we kind of. If you're kind of an Arsenal backer or a supporter, I feel like you're kind of keen to make keen to get a kind of a kind of win this weekend and kind of prove that this is that, that that it's just a blip because the perform perform performance levels certainly kind of haven't been the same. Uh, I'd echo what uh, Marco Harris said about Pep as well, like because I think the game just I, I think it felt like Arsenal's. Arsenal's chance was gone once Bernardo Silva went into went into midfield because the game was totally changed and Man City were really pressing able to press Arsenal from the front and and looked like turning Arsenal over off off their press and I just I like we were having most having most of the shots and you felt like just it, it was a, whereas whereas previously before Akanji came on I felt like Arsenal was a better team and and and, and if things had kept going that way the Arsenal Arsenal w- 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 would have got the win, so yeah, I, I think we can't be fully convinced by City either. Um, but yeah, so just, 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 I'd say just one game, and I wouldn't read too much into it. And when uh, when Arsenal go to go go to Manchester, if they've Gabriel Jesus and Thomas Partey, it, 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 it could very much be a different game.
0: Yeah, we're looking forward to that one either way. Uh, we're making a few changes, by the way, to our great daily offers here at Betfair. You now have to opt in to promotions to enjoy the rewards available on the Sportsbook and Exchange. You can opt in quickly and easily by clicking a promotional or banner or going straight to the promotions page and clicking opt in. There is a step by step guide to that on betting.betfair.com. Com. city hope to extend their winning streak with a victory at nottingham forest but stinch as we found city ground isn't generally an easy
2: place to go no true true but i think forest right now are in a fantastic place they they've got the the most injuries in the league right now and i don't think it's helping steve cooper's team selection after what I feel was a sort of a period of stability. Obviously, they brought in ridiculous amount of signings at the beginning of the season because it was required. Um, don't get me wrong; I'm not saying I disagree with with their approach. I think we've discussed time after time our admiration for Steve Cooper, um, and it seems like he is heavily involved in in recruitment. So that's absolutely fine. But yeah, I, I just uh, a little bit concerned about them uh, recently, and I think it is down to the the chopping and changing of the team. Um, you know. Performances against Fulham, Leeds and Bournemouth uh, of late, they, they've lost the expected goals battle in, in all of those. And I don't think it's, it's any uh, coincidence that there's come a, a time when they've yeah got quite a few players missing and maybe not his close to, anywhere close to his first-choice team. Um, and I just think it's not often that we get Man City available at this sort of price in handicap lines. So City are 1-3. to three. Um, and the handicap for City is minus one at ten to eleven. Normally, when we're talking about City, we're talking them, you know, as if they're two-goal handicap favourites, or even sometimes three goals in very extreme. Um, and I remember back in uh, this line when they were priced similarly away at Leeds over Christmas. And they absolutely destroyed Leeds in that game with, with 26 shots and over four expected goals. And now they've wrestled back the, the title in, in their command, essentially. I don't think this is a position that they are going to let up easily. I know, obviously, they've got Champions League next week, um, but I still think, you know, they have the, the squad to cope with going to Forest. And you look, this is a forest team that's conceded the fifth most goals in the league. They've got the fourth worst expected goals. And when you look at them against the Big Seven, albeit some of these are away from home or predominantly away from home their records very very poor Uh, played seven scored two conceded 19 They lost 3-0 v united 5-0 v arsenal 2-0 v spurs 2-0 v newcastle and against city they lost 6-0 and in that game city similar to the Leeds one they racked up nearly four expected goals so i'm not a huge fan of having to back teams to overcome big handicaps because i think with your two goals up there's always an element regardless of who you are that you might take your foot off the gas or start to look ahead to the next fixture so when you can get the handicap at minus one for the greatest greatest team in the world then uh very happy to take it
0: Everton made the perfect start to the Sean Dyshearer by beating Arsenal, but then they lost the Merseyside derby at Anfield. They've got a huge game with fellow strugglers, Leeds, who are making a right old mess of recruiting a new manager. Uh, Obviously, by the time you see this, they might have got one, but quite frankly, it might be one of the four of us. Who knows? Um, Emmett, how is this one going to go? Because... Leads are all over the shop. I know they played okay against Manchester United in the last couple of games. Got a draw at Old Trafford. Did okay at Ellen Road, but they look far less organised right now than Everton do.
3: They do. I just think there's just too much of a talent cap for, for 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 the price we are at the moment um I, I, as you said i think there's like, definitely issues with with leads kind of in terms of the hierarchy in their process to be sacking to be sacking a manager in in uh in february and not having his replacement kind of tapped up or lined up just i think shows kind of a badly or badly organized and, and kind of run club and we are seeing that but just purely on numbers terms the xg could kind of goal different stats would have leads closer to a mid-table team i look at their team they're closer to a mid table. I, I think they're closer to mid table than they are relegation in just terms in terms of the level of the team. You just compare that to Everton, where it's like they're relying on a kind of a decent championship striker in LS, LS Sims with Dominic Calvert Lewin out. They're scouring the kind of the they're scouring the free agent market to get players, which again that, that just shows the level of desperation they have compared to again. I think Leeds have like quality players in, in a lot of the positions of the pitch and and, and kind of spend Significantly in January, I and, and, and whereas then that you've Everson kind of sitting second from bottom and the expected goals, like I don't think Everton are really in a false position at all. So given all of that, I I, I, I thought I, I, I thought Leeds would probably be closer to maybe two point seven and we're kind of getting them at just over three 0 here. So that I'd I, I look at them in the drawn no bet markets.
0: Yeah, it's kind of brain dead that Leeds built their transfer policy around Jesse Marsh and then sacked. Jesse Marsh. It's not really a very sensible way of doing things, and they've approached about eight different managers who all said no. So that kind of gives you an idea of the chaos at Ellen Road right now. Uh, two of the most impressive overperformers in the Premier League do battle as Fulham visit Brighton, the Seagulls 1.71 to take the three points. Mark, is that a bit short given how well Fulham have done this season?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I, I probably would say that. Um, I think Mitrovic is due back as well, which is a big bonus for them. They've, they've stiffened up a little bit since uh, since Christmas time. They're defending pretty well too, um, but they still give away uh, plenty of chances if you look at the, the season long statistics. So, um, I guess most people will look at this match and say over to enough goals is almost a, a gimme really at one point eight. We've talked about it, uh, you know, weekly basically, but it's almost an automatic selection. Under Roberto Di uh, Brighton games to go over two and a half goals, and bar a, a Paul Var call last weekend uh, would have been another winner for that particular market. So, um, and I'm probably preaching to the to converted on this podcast, and it's probably getting a little bit boring to say over two and a half goals in a Brighton game. Never each week, never so <laughs> wins never. <laughs> yeah but uh i think there's a a reasonable alternative to take this week in fact a, a really nice price a really value alternative and that brighton needs to say they're 1.71 favorites to win this game the market is expected brighton to score around 1.85 goals which is probably fair enough considering the way in which they're playing can they be trusted to keep the goals out of the back probably not that's why i wouldn't back the 1.71 on them to win i'd always look towards the over two and a half goals instead um uh, the puzzle has always been who's going to score the goals for brighton um, obviously trossard scored seven before he departed to arsenal pascal gross is now the, the top goal scorer with six premier league goals but only one of those has come in his last eight he's seven to two to score here um, but actually he's been operating in in a midfield two or at times at right back uh, under deserve in, in recent weeks so no wonder he hasn't been on the score sheet too often so happy to pass him up instead there's a player at four to one who just leaps off the page here is a, a massive value opportunity, um, and that's Solly March. Four to one to score at any time. There are ten Brighton players offered at shorter prices than Solly March. Uh, that's a Solly March who scored in four of his last seven. Is playing more advanced in Brighton's attack and is actually their team's second top goal scorer this season. Um, and yeah, it's something I picked up on last week actually. Since Deserby was appointed, Solly March has had 62 touches of the ball in the opposition penalty area. During Brighton's entire stay in the Premier League, the most March has previously managed in a full season is sixty. So he's already wow. had more touches on, in the opposition penalty box under Deserbi than he has had in a full season. So four to one is massive. You consider the obvious alternative to Solly March to score would be Matoma. He's trading at thirteen to eight time but uh, Solly March is yeah, netting every two hundred and sixty-three minutes on average under Deserbi. That's basically one every three games. But he's four to one here. So yeah, great alternative.
0: Scored against I think he scored twice against Liverpool, didn't he? In that in that excellent Brighton performance. And he scored a couple of long range bangers as well. So yeah, in a man in form. Stinch, how do you see this one?
2: Yeah, I mean, just on solid March, he missed a massive chance uh, against Leicester in this sort of run of games Mark referred to. He slipped in the penalty area. And he also had a high chance against uh, Liverpool again in the in the other match. So yeah, couldn't couldn't get behind that selection. Yeah, um Mark um maybe Uh, didn't um, paint it in a fantastic light because maybe it's getting a bit dull, but yeah, over two and a half goals. Um, Ride uh, that train. Until the train runs
0: out of energy, ride that train.
2: Exactly. On on a serious note, you know, you should keep back in an edge until it erodes completely. And I think you have to take over two and a half goals um, in Brighton matches um while while we're still being offered it at these sort of prices. Um you mentioned about the match odds as well. Like there's no way you could touch Brighton at this price when Overs is bigger. Um you don't, you know, Brighton could win three nil. Um, but you're gonna make more profit out of Brighton yeah. um out of the out of the overs compared to Brighton winning the game. But they're also susceptible to conceding goals as well. It's just three clean sheets in fifteen and Fulham are ah, despite the fact that Fulham games recently haven't been that heavy in terms of high scoring games, but they have faced a get opposition that are associated with low scoring games in, in Forest, Chelsea, Newcastle. Forest. Uh, sorry, Fulham are the over two and a half Kings really, other than Brighton in the league. 16 of their 23 games have gone over 2.5, you know, a 70% strike rate and, and Brighton overall under De Zerbi, it's is 51 goals in 15 games. So you're looking at nearly three and a half goals per game and yet we're talking about a goal line of, of 2.5. So yeah, over 2.5 goals in Brighton matches while, while we're still at this line. Might remember
0: I banged that Christopher and Kunku drum for many, many months. And the only thing that stopped me was the injury that kept him out of the World Cup. Otherwise, I'd have kept on banging that drum relentlessly. Uh, this football season, get a helping hand with Betfair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description. 18 plus, See gambleaware.org. Liverpool took a step in the right direction with victory over Everton. If they could. Could win at Newcastle. There might be the tiniest glimmer of hope in the chase for the top four. Em it does show how far Newcastle have come under Eddie Howe that they are favourites to win this game. Only slight favourites, but they are favourites.
3: Definitely, I think they actually would be would have been, would have been stronger favourites if they hadn't had their kind of recent blip. I'm interested just to see what kind of Newcastle. was uh, what kind of Newcastle's expectations are. I, I, I kind of feel like. It's one of these things. If you kind of start the season badly and finish strong, you're nearly happier, even if you finish in the exact yeah. same position, than if you finish really strong, get expectations up, and then it kind of disappoints. And so when Newcastle start, they have kind of risen expectations. At, at times they've gone kind of close to odds on to finish to finish top four, but now they've kind of had a bit of a blip, clearly struggling in front of goal, and kind of it's 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 interesting to see what what Howe can do about it. I I'd be very hesitant hesitant to trust Liverpool in this kind of spot. I think like a kind of a defiant performance at home to Everton. I, I couldn't I couldn't take much from it other than I think bad attention in in midfield clearly clearly looks a a, a a really interesting prospect and just a kind of vibrant player that kind of Liverpool really really need them midfield but I, I kind of i'd, I'd stay i'd kind of stay away from the ma- the the match betting here i think i think it looks looks kind of a hard game to call but just one a bet i liked Especially if you're doing kind of a bet builder, is Kieran Trippier to be carded at four to one? Trippier's had Newcastle's second most cards with five. He's their joint second most fouls. and he's up against on Darwin Nunez should be playing down his side on the left hand side. Dar- Darwin had one of his most effective games against Everton. and he's just a menace yeah. in terms of charging at defenders. He he, he, he should be able to draw fouls. And, and we should we should get a chance this this uh, this bet to collect a decent price of four to one.
0: Worth bearing in mind, actually, if you do stick that in a bet builder, you can get a £5 free bet when you place a £5 bet builder on Newcastle against Liverpool. T's and C's in the description, 18 plus. See gambleaware.org. Marco O'Hare, more punishment for you as you take in another game involving Queen's Park Rangers.
1: Yeah, we successfully opposed QPR last week at home and <laughs> Millwall. Um... There speaks a fan. Uh, uh, it got worse midweek. Uh, we were beaten at home by by Sunderland. Um, everything that can go wrong is going wrong. A uh, missed penalty to get back on on level terms, and then just. Uh players packing in uh, the battle really early doors and allowing Sunderland to kind of run away with it towards the end so um, just an incredibly easy selection this weekend which is to back Middlesbrough to overcome a minus 0.75 three quarter Asian handicap start really at home to QPR. Uh, Middlesbrough basically the form team of the championship at the minute. Um, They should win this game pretty comfortably. Um, Their underlying process was actually pretty strong under Chris Wilder, but negative variance really kind of hurt him at the start of the campaign after a promising first six months. Michael Carrick's come in, picked up the pieces, uh, and kind of continued Borough's high standards, improved them in places, but he's been enjoying a positive run of variance as well, and you know. That mixed in with the kind of uh, belief, the momentum, the confidence, the consistency have made Borough a really formidable force. They've won 12 of 15 since the start of November, they've scored twice or more in 12 of those 15. Uh, they've won more points than anyone else since the start of November, uh, and in midweek they went away to Sheffield United, one of their promotion rivals, uh, and won 3-1 with a really clinical performance. Um, the back of the Riverside, where they've won five games on the spin, uh, and they've got two of the the sort of hottest properties in the final third, leading their line in Chuba Akpom and uh, Cameron Archer, on loan from Aston Villa. So, really dangerous team right now, Middlesbrough. Uh, you could think of basically anyone else to go and visit when you're in poor form and QPR. As I said uh, on last week's show, since topping the table on 22nd of October, have now won one in 16, taken only nine points and scored eight goals in that 16-game streak. Um, Neil Critchley is under immense pressure there's talk that he could be sacked this weekend if he doesn't get a reaction out of the players there's injuries in both boxes the bench was down to the bare bones in midweek as well Uh, very much kind of filled out with kids Uh, and Rangers are in massive danger of being swept into a a relegation battle the way things are going right now so um, yeah you can get 1.95 on Middlesbrough to overcome a a 0.75 Asian handicap hurdle so you basically might make money Middlesbrough win this match with a full stakes payout if they win by two goals or more.
0: And Mark's new emo band, Negative Variance, is going on its first UK tour later this year. If you do want tickets, then simply go uh, to betting.betfair.com. Back to the Premier League, London Derby. Brentford up against Crystal Palace. Emmett, Palace, haven't won a game in 2023, but they play great football and they're not Roy Hodgson anymore and blah, blah, blah. But actually, are they sleepwalking into a relegation battle?
3: Absolutely, yeah. Like they've um, they've scored the most expected goals of 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 any team in the Premier League since the winter break, and if you actually like, they've got six points the last eight games. They're actually lucky to get the six because if you look at last week. They were really lucky to get a point uh, at home to Brighton with kind of VAR and, Pal- and Palace destroyed them, the expected goals. The previous week at, at Old Trafford, Man United were killing them at, at 2-0, and because kind of the Casemiro red card gave the game the illusion of being competitive, but it wasn't. Then similarly, then the home game against Newcastle battered on the expected goals, nickel, nickel all, then against Man United at home. The Michael Lee kind a of worldy free kick got them equalised in the last minute from from a game they were being kind of really controlled and So like their their underlying process is is awful, and and they've no Will Sahas they, they they don't have that kind of attacking punch that can give them those kind of brilliant kind of attacking uh, attacking moments out of nothing. Um, yeah, I've I kind of I had a few in Palace relegation a few weeks ago. But I wouldn't put anyone anyone backing them off at, at their current price. It's of kind of around nine or ten to one in the exchange. I think they're, they're they're a good team, really on the slide, and I wouldn't be surprised if if kind of Patrick Vieira is is kind of really under pressure in the in the next few weeks. And Brentford are on the other end of the spectrum. Brentford have been superb since the um, since the winter break unbeaten carried that form carried that form into the emirates they're a little bit lucky with, with the VOR decision but ultimately they played extremely well and, and very few teams have edged Arsenal on, on the XG at the emirates this season and then I think like just looking at their price here I was expecting to be closer to maybe 1.8 even even below that given given how they're playing but you can get them around 190 here which feels like kind of a price based on kind of Brentford's old form and kind of yeah. Palace's reputation rather than ha- what these teams are actually like right now. Yes,
0: yeah, it's a funny one, actually. Patrick Vieira has done this before at other clubs. He started really well and then it's kind of slid and he hasn't been able to get it back. So it'll be interesting to see if he can actually turn the season around. To the Netherlands and Stinch has a game involving Vim Jonk's mighty Volendam.
2: Yeah, I this is going to come across as a bit nerdy and a bit statty but good um, really intrigued and interested and fascinated by essentially in the era de visa in recent weeks i've noticed that the the goal lines uh are, are being traded at like the 2.5 line i mean generally i always expect to see like three 2.75 as the the most competitive as a rule but in, because in, in nobody rest- defends in the Netherlands. Yeah, I mean, generally. yeah, it's just normally goal heavy. I mean, um, you, you the uh, is it the Eerste Divisie that's normally played on a yeah. Friday night? Yeah, you just see all these people on Twitter with nothing better to do, betting, you know, betting like ten fold accumulators, at, you know, like one to three for over two and a half goals, and that generally is is the is how the Eredivisa happens. You know, we see, I don't know, people like Matthias Kesman and Dirk Kau absolutely tearing up the Eredivisa, then they can't do it outside of the league. You know, I, as you as you say, the teams just can't defend there. So, yeah, I'm I'm really fascinated to see what's going on. Like I couldn't believe a couple of weeks ago, I think it was PSV against Feyenoord over two and a half was trading at 1.9. A I couldn't understand why it was the two and a half line. B I couldn't understand why uh, Overs was the underdog. I mean, it took a few late goals, but we got four goals in that game in the end. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm not really sure why. Um, there's not a huge change in the league average. It's 2.96 goals per game this. Season, you know, so still, you know, closer to three and 2.75 than 2.5. Look at previous seasons very quickly 2.86, 3.01, 3.08, bit of an outlier with 3.47, 3.14, 2.89, but generally around about three goals. So, um, very surprised, really. Look at the average odds across the league this weekend, it's just shy of four to five. Um, when you compare that with the historical averages I mentioned, you would expect odds shorter than an eight to 11. So, I've tried to find the best game this weekend with kind of above average figures, and I think this one seems the best one. Uh, you look at Volendam, 62% of their games are seen over two and a half goals. Yes, not a very high strike rate, but you look at them when they're at home, it's 70%. Uh, Vitesse on them, both home and away, 67% of their games are seen over two and a half goals. And away, it's 7 of 11. Um, and over two and a half goals is 8 to 11. And that says it's just a 58% chance of happening. I just think there's enough ev- evidence to suggest there's a better chance of that. And, yeah, I would have a look at the other Eredivisie games as well this weekend. Because, yeah, I think you can you can maybe make a double or a treble. And, uh, you know, get sort of a 4-5-1 to shot on something that, uh, you know, look across other leagues. And I, I don't think it's uh, replicated in terms of how good the odds are versus the actual Goals expected.
0: I think Vorland um, are playing pretty well as well under Vim Jonk recently. So yeah, that's an exciting pick. Mark, you've got another game from the EFL.
1: Yeah, we're going to drop down to to League Two. Um, Rochdale uh, taking on Gillingham in a bit of a a basement battle. Rochdale bottom of the table. Gillingham were there only a couple of weeks ago, but um, Gillingham have been a club transformed over the past couple of months, really. Uh, New ownership arrived. Um, American owners, and they've empowered Neil Harris with a, a nice uh, January transfer kitty, uh, which he made the most of. Um, made some really eye-catching moves for League Two, picking off some of their rivals' better players. Uh, the mood around Kent has just dramatically lifted, and there's a real sense of optimism around Gillingham. Once again, you know they're selling out the Priestfield Stadium, which is quite remarkable, really, considering where they are in the in the pyramid. Um, and that's fed through to the on-field performances too. Um, if you go back to the second of January. Julian lost 1-0 to to Stevenage away from home, which is one of the toughest away days in the division, but since then they've taken 13 points from a possible 18 to move off the bottom and out of the relegation zone. Uh, They are the form team over that six-game sample Um, and a team that just couldn't score before 2023 has now scored twice or more in four of six and kept three clean sheets in that same sample. So. Throughout the whole campaign, despite struggling, they have been very competitive uh, against their bottom half rivals, just four league losses against the bottom half. They're unbeaten in five against teams below them in the table, keeping clean sheets in all five of those. Um, And now, obviously, they're in a much, much stronger position than they were in previous matches against those basement battlers, one of which is Rochdale, who they travelled to on Saturday. Uh, Last weekend, Rochdale earned a a deserved point, in fairness, against a a high-flying Northampton team, which deserves plenty of praise. But... In midweek, they had a really tough workout. Uh, Had to go away to Leyton Orient, top of the table, uh, were well beaten. That's now five defeats in six winless games. Overall this season, they've won just five times from 31 and kept only four clean sheets in 31 games as well. They've scored two goals or more four times, so if you're unable to keep clean sheets and struggling to score multiple goals, it's no surprise you're struggling to win matches and uh, overall they've lost 20 times, they've lost 10 and 15 at Spotland, they've got one of the worst expected goals outputs in the division uh, and their record at home to bottom half rivals includes just one win from a possible nine. So. To get Gillingham at even money in the draw no bet market here stands out to me as one of the best bets in the EFL this weekend. Um, this price wouldn't be available in a couple of weeks because Gillingham are trending upwards and the market hasn't quite adjusted to that upward trend just yet. But it will do in the coming weeks because Gillingham should be well clear of relegation towards the end of the campaign. They got one of the best coaches in the division and now a squad to kind of match that too.
0: Napoli are charging towards the Scudetto in Italy and uh, they're also setting a record for the number of kits they can have in any one season. They had a Valentine's Day kit uh, against Cremonese last weekend with a big, uh, big uh, picture of lips uh, o- over the ribcage. Lovely stuff. Uh, Stinch, not only do they have exciting kits, but they're a great team to get involved with betting-wise as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. Just wanted to quickly follow up on uh, Mark's point there. Um, Rochdale take on Stockport on Tuesday and I'm... Uh, obviously, we're talking about the weekend games, so it doesn't really fall into that. But I'd definitely have a look at Stockport there. Stockport available at four to five at time of recording, and Stockport have been going off heavy odds on um, very, a lot of games this season. They were four to seven away crew recently, so I don't think that four to five will, will last on on Stockport. So if you want to oppose Rochdale again, I would uh, look there on Tuesday night. Uh, yeah, Napoli. Um, can't. I don't think it can be a football only better podcast without talking about Napoli and finding a yeah. uh, how we. We can make some money from them I think we've had a lot of success with them this season and so yeah so you look at it. Napoli a four to seven away, away at Sassuolo so maybe you know Napoli minus three quarters is is the best bet um because then you're not relying on perhaps what Sassuolo bring to the party but I just thought Sassuolo recently looked a little bit more like their old selves um yeah. you know they had a fantastic uh, win away at Milan obviously they you know they Based on uh, you know the underlying data, they didn't deserve to score five, but still, it's it's you know it's a it's a fantastic return. They beat Atalanta, albeit Atalanta with a team down to uh, um, ten men, but you know still it's still a good success and. They they before this sort of up, upturn they they'd had seven defeats in nine but I think it's it's quite understandable because it's a bit of a transitional season with losing Scamacca and Raspadori uh you know their their talisman Berardi has been out injured. They obviously recently lost Traore to, to Bournemouth. So I think, you know, the manager's having to juggle a little bit with with the team. But I, I think they can bring something to the table here. So I was looking at Napoli to win, and both teams score of 15 to 8. So it's sort of boosting that 4 to 7 up. You know, Napoli have won 19 of 22 games. So again, uh, yeah, it's trying to find how we can make the 4 to 7 uh, pay, essentially, in my mind. They scored 54, you know, so that's terrific return. And, They conceded 15, so they don't concede many, so I do... But I do think Sassuolo have always got the opportunity of scoring two or three. It's just their volatility. Um, They've scored at home to the rest of the top four in Inter, Atalanta and Roma. Um, They scored eight goals in the last five meetings with Napoli. So I don't think it should should hold any fear for them. And I also think Napoli might have one eye on that game against Frankfurt in the Champions League next week. So I definitely think there's a chance Sassuolo can find the score sheet. But I think the Napoli train is just going from strength to strength. They've got such a good squad. They recruited really well after losing key players in Mer in, in Mertins, in Kulabale, Fabian Ruiz, but the recruitment's just been fantastic and, and Spalletti has, you know, he's found he's found a, a style and a system that suits the the players and and, and yeah, obviously when you've got Victor Osserman up front as well, you you've always got a good chance of winning football matches.
0: And it's one of the great stories in European football this season, those numbers that stinch were was talking about absolutely wild when you think of the talent that they lost in the summer. Uh, everything comes to those who wait. We've had to wait far too long for the return of Mark O'Hare's Scott Watch.
1: Oh, aye. It's
0: Scott Watch. Mark, take it away
1: yeah um something a little bit different this week um going to promote an over one and a half goals treble in three scottish league two matches on saturday Ooh, for good reason creative i yeah. love it love it good reason behind this not just the fact we're we're focusing on the greatest league in the world of course uh, which is averaging <laughs> 2.91 goals 81 uh, percent of matches in this division have produced uh, at least two goals this season so it's kind of crude but that 81 percent hit rates would imply odds of around 1.23 on over 1.5 goals in a standard league two match now if you wanted to turn that 1.23 and times it by three for a treble it would give you 1.86 um now all three selections here are bigger than 1.23 as singles and combined to give us a 2.08 treble which is obviously quite appealing to me at least um hopefully for you guys too um but there's a de- decent difference there between um uh, what you could be looking for and what we're actually getting here. So first up is obviously stenhouse Muir, Obviously, Uh, their game with Albion, uh, 22 of Stenny's 23 games this season have gone over one and a half goals. They failed to score once all season and 20 of 23 matches have featured both teams scoring we're then going to move on to Elgin against Stranraer. 38 of their combined 46 games have gone over one and a half goals Uh, in that sample they've combined to keep just five clean sheets between them Uh, Elgin games are averaging 3.27 goals Stranraer 3.13 and finally Annan against Sterling 40 of their 44 combined games have gone over one and a half goals 30 of those actually seen both teams scoring. They've managed to six clean sheets between them in that 44-game sample, and they've scored in 38 of those 44 as well. So that's Annan versus Sterling, Elgin versus Stranra, and stenhouse versus Albion, over one and a half goals treble at 2.08.
0: None of this Napoli nonsense, some of the great names of European football there. Uh, now it's time for the world-famous podcast treble, a betting feature that singing superstar Sam Smith uh, used their winnings. Uh, from one of the zackers to purchase that inflatable outfit at the Brit Awards, an outfit that was originally owned, by the way, by our very own Jake Osgathorpe, although it was cleaned in between. Uh, how this works is that each of the three guys will come up with a selection ahead of the weekend's action. And lovely traders like Emmett will wrap it up in a boosted treble. And Emmett, I will start with you.
3: Yeah, for all the reasons outlined, uh Brent Brentford and Home to Palace. Look like banker material, so happy happy to include them as the first
1: leg of the travel.
0: Uh, Mark, let's go with you.
1: Brentford might look like banker material. Uh, QPR to lose to Middlesbrough is banker <laughs> material, so um, Borough will be my uh, addition.
2: And Stinch, take us home. Uh, It's a bit of a short prize, but I'm just still shocked that you can get one to three on Man City, uh, the greatest team in the world, based on odds uh, away at Forest that are struggling injury-wise. So hopefully it boosts it up a little bit. I, I think, you know, the odds technically could be like one to five City rather than one to three.
0: Well, that's all we have time for in this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. We've got a Sunday show, which will be looking at Manchester United against Leicester, among others. Uh, plenty of other excellent podcasts on the Betfair network, including the Cheltenham Rawcast ahead of the Cheltenham Festival. From Emmett, from Stinch, from Mark and from me, it's goodbye for now.